is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minter, hit in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three, three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Got it! Underdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning, Husker Nation. I'm Matt McMaster. You're listening to Husker Hour. We'll uh, be joined by Cole Stukenholz in uh, just a little bit. My co-host currently out coaching uh, you know, his uh, daughter's soccer game. Coach Stukenholz looking to keep his job. I believe he's gone uh, 0-4 in the last couple of weeks, but we're expecting his call any second here uh, to begin the show. Big show today. Massive show today. I don't know if you know what uh, happened last night. took about four hours for it to happen. Uh, But Nebraska football, massive Big Ten victory, Big Ten road victory against the Illinois fighting Illini in Champaign by a score of 20 to 7. Tough game to watch. Tough game to watch, uh, to say the least. But we're going to bring in Cole Stukenhold in just a second here. Cole, you there? Good Saturday morning, Matt. How we good, doing? Good Saturday morning. Uh, a little bit late, buddy. A little bit late. You kind of messed up my intro, if I'm being honest with you. How are you? Oh, oh, scrambling. We're uh, we're headed to four-year-old soccer here. So late so, night, covering a Husker win, and and now we've got our Saturday to go to. It's uh, it's life. I got a, I got a question for you. Is it me, or did that game seem like it lasted eight hours? I mean that that was that was a long slog of a game, and and without the uh, abundant media timeouts too that we had to deal with last week with the Michigan game, or maybe it was La Tech. No, it was La Tech. I think yeah. it was La Tech. The, well, I, it was something. The, it was, game, it, the it, game. Yeah, go ahead. The game just kind of started with that super long drive with Illinois. They had the fourteen plays to get right down to the goal line, and then. There was a review here and then a stoppage there for an injury, and there weren't any breaks. Like, there no. were no commercials. No. Absolutely uh, I think right. Both teams took a both teams took a timeout on that drive as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it, it drug on, but for a completely different reason than it did a couple weeks ago. That's a good point. Uh, but it was, it, was a, it was a classic Big Ten West showdown in that sense. It was just two teams that are not super good, they're just trying to get out of there with a, with a win. And one team had to emerge, and, and the team with the, the best unit by far yeah. out of the offenses and defenses did just that with Oscar Blackshirt. Okay, so I want to I get your one big takeaway. Give me your one big takeaway from yesterday's game. Uh, the, the takeaway for me is that the defense is capable of winning three more games. Uh, so long as the offense plays enough complimentary football and doesn't screw it up, more or less. Uh, the defense is for real, people. The way they played with their backs against the wall, the way they played when it was first and 10 
in run defense, in pass defense. Look, I know it's, I know this is Illinois, but we've got enough of a sample size. They've done this to an explosive enough team in Colorado for two plus quarters. Uh, obviously, they didn't do it against Michigan, but Michigan's different. No. Uh, the the way they are playing and the the depth, the talent, the the way they fly to the ball together and and gang tackle, all of those pieces mean that they've got enough juice to win three more games with this schedule remaining. They're in the Big Ten West. It's one of the worst divisions in football, if not the worst division in football. And and they really, really do have what it takes on the defense alone to make it happen and make that bowl game. So I want to I want to pick out one thing that you said. You said I know it's just Illinois. There's no, there's no apologizing for victories here, Mister Skookenholtz. No, there's no there's no such thing as anymore. It, it's they they got the win. That's all that matters. Lay your head at the pillow at night. Go to bed. I know that's not what you're saying, but I just want to emphasize that for everyone who's listening at this point. In Nebraska football, there is no such thing as, I know it's this. They got the win. There you go. End of story. I will say this, though. And I know you wrote, and I read your article, and you should read it on HuskerMax.com if you have the opportunity, Cole. You you wrote a phenomenal article about something that Matt Rule said uh, this week at a press conference. There was one thing, though, and you didn't write about the the one thing that I picked up on, but I picked on something as well that kind of shocked me that he said it. He said... This defense needs to know that it's a defensive team. I think they found out yesterday. And I think we all we, we already all kind of knew it. But they are a defensive team now. And and they have to rest I mean they have to put put their back on this defense essentially in order for them to win games. Now, you said uh they can win 3 games. I agree with you. It's going to be tough though. It's going to be really were you are you saying is there a chance they get over six, or is, is in your head it's going to have to be six for them to make a bowl? Well, there's a chance they can get over six. I mean, the, the teams they have left, I don't think they're going to beat Maryland. Uh, they're more of a complete team than they've got left. Wisconsin's kind of a wild card to me. Um, but the other four, I mean, Iowa, Purdue, Northwestern, Michigan State, are all games that Nebraska may be favored in, Frank. Favored? So, yeah. They, you think favored? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. All three of those are at home. Is, Good point. I, Good point. I'm right now. Is Michigan State at home, too? Michigan State's on the road. Michigan State's yeah, on the that's road. that's the one I'm not sure if they'd be favored in. You know what? I think that's Iowa the game they probably will offense. be favored in. I think they'll probably be yeah. favored in that game. Because Michigan State, I think, has scored 10 points per game in the last three games. And they don't have a head coach. And their offense is pretty uh, terrible. So, I, I, I mean, you got Northwestern. Northwestern is frisky now, uh, Surprising, surprisingly. I don't think anyone saw that coming. And then Purdue, here's the thing. Purdue seemed like it was probably the game that they were going to win the most. That, that seemed like the biggest lock, in my opinion, out of the re- remaining schedule until they beat Illinois. Well, they beat them 44-19. So... I, I don't know. This is the Big Ten. I, I, I just I don't have any clue anymore. I don't think I could do any uh, record predictions at this point. But I do think, though, that you're right. This defense is legit enough for them to keep winning games. Yeah, so, definitely. And Yeah, go ahead. Well, I got a question for you. Let's go to the offense now because we, we can talk great about the defense all we want. But what, what are what – are, I'm at the point now, Cole, where I'm asking myself, what do they do? Because – that that last 
10 minutes of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, they looked lost. And frankly, they looked the worst they have all year. Yeah, the, the, the turnovers, obviously, you can't have them. Uh, the, the three turnovers right there to start the fourth quarter, um, you can't do it. And, and some of it's on the quarterbacks, some of it's on the running backs. Uh, with, I mean, Grant getting the ball ripped out again. There's not an easy, quick fix to it. For me, the offense is just about survival. Uh, I think I think it's almost a 2009 situation um, where you have a defense with Dominican Sue and Jared Crick and Prince of Mukamara and Alfonso Dennard and down all over the defense, and you just need the offense to not screw it up. You have the eight turnover game against Iowa State that Nebraska loses nine to seven, and, and I think both Lee just basically pulled the plug on the offense at that point. I, I think Rule is still in the, hey, we're a developing program, we're still going to try some stuff phase. Not saying that's why the turnovers happened, but I'm not so sure he's going to pull the plug 100% depending on depending on the situation. Now, we had some, there was some wiggle room there yesterday uh, in that Nebraska did have a 13-point lead, and one of the, you know, the interception, essentially a punt, uh, Bad throw. You, you can't. He's not fitting it into that window. No. Um, and Anthony Grant. I mean, I don't know if it's a quote unquote fumbling problem. Like he's a fumbler. Matt Rule probably wishes he could have that comment back, but uh, it, it's it's two fumbles in the fourth quarter of Big Ten games in which they were leading. I don't. I didn't, hung on to this one. Yeah. Didn't hang on at Minnesota. Um, in, encouraging signs from Alex Bullock who. Made a big, a few big catches. Ty Han contributed. Tough break for Marcus Washington, and you hope that's not a long, you know, not, not a season ender. Um, but I, I think you still have to run the offense through Heinrich Harburg's legs and Thomas Fedoni. Uh, that's that's the way you move the ball with this offense, the way it's currently constructed. And you can do enough playing complimentary football, uh, making a few things happen, even on special teams. You got the Recovered kickoff and a blocked punt. Yeah, you can piece it together enough with the you know whatever you call that offense with all the injuries and and you know lack of depth, all the all the things they're dealing with. You can piece it together enough in spite of that offense to still get enough done to to get those three more wins. Going back to Grant, I I a hundred percent know what you're saying in terms of rule probably regrets saying that he's a fumbler, but. The fact of the matter is, is that he is a fumbler. I mean, he fumbled. He fumbled against Illinois. He fumbled against Michigan. I mean, it's getting to the point, Cole. I don't know what you do at the running back position. I mean, do you go? Do you go with Emmett Johnson now? Because I, I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. Would you? You, you give Emmett more. You yeah. give Emmett more time. You give him more carries. He's he got that yesterday. He, he, he got the most significant playing time of his career. You have to bring him on a little bit at a time. You're not going to be able to just feed him 20 carries in a game at this point. Sure. Um, I, I don't think you can – you can't – you don't really have the ability to just leave Anthony, Depp, uh, Anthony Grant off the depth chart. You can't not play him. Um, you don't have the numbers. That being said, you have two weeks. Continue to just drill ball security, make him carry the ball around campus, that old thing. Uh, th- there is a way for him to still be important enough in this offense and, and without turning the ball over. He's just 
You just got to do it. I mean, there's no, no two ways around it. Um, Fleeks didn't really get that much yesterday. No, he got one carry. We'll see if he has a bigger role going forward. Maybe with the, the bye week gives them a chance to integrate more, uh, it, you know, get him a little bit more up to speed in the offense. Um, but Anthony Grant, they just don't have the numbers to just kick him to the curveball together. He just got to fix it, and they've got to try to do everything they can to fix it. Okay, last big com- last big conversation between me and you before I let you go, and uh, uh, you know, you try and capture what your first win of uh, soccer this year. Have you won yet? Have you coached a win yet, Coach? Oh, would you quit it? Uh, okay. We've won at least one. Okay, that's good. I'm on the hot seat, but we've won at least one. <laughs> so I got a last big conversation before I let you go. Here is there now a quarterback battle? Are we getting to that point now? You got a bye week. Sims seemingly, you know, is is getting to the point where he probably should be getting over this high ankle sprain. So, is there a quarterback battle in Lincoln right now after uh, Harbrook's performance last night? No. Uh, the only scenario I thought you'd see Sims after the bye was if Harbrook didn't play well and Nebraska lost. They they won. He was a big reason why they won, and late interception notwithstanding, he played a good game. Uh, there there are problems getting people lined up, which that's going to be something that they'll have to figure out. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a Heinrich Harbour thing. I don't know if that's just a product of you, We lose you there? Still got me? Yeah, I can hear you, you now. Still got me? Yeah, I still got you. Okay. Yeah, so there's there's just not a way at this point, I don't think, where you can just say, yeah, you know what, Sims hasn't been healthy, now he is, we're going to go to him. Sure. I mean, Heinrich Harburg, he, he's only a 50% passer yesterday, but he makes the big plays down the field when they needed him. Uh, he obviously is a weapon on the ground, 80-some uh, rushing yards, uh, the huge touchdown where, <laughs> Matt, he could have run to daylight anywhere on that goal line, but he chose to run over a poor guy right at the goal line. It was yeah. fantastic. He, he is leading this team. He's doing it with poise. He has taken care of the ball when he's had to. He got the interception, but like I said, it was, it was late. It was a third down. It was essentially a punt. Not making excuses for him. It just is what it is. I don't see how you could justify switching gears now when Jeff Sims' only, only experience with this team is, is two losses and three turnovers a game, opponents notwithstanding. So, no, I, I don't think there's a controversy. I think Harbor is your guy until he shows you definitively that he is not. Yeah, you know, the funny thing last night is I was watching the game and I was thinking about what I was going to say on the radio, and at one point the thought in my head popped popped up that, hey, they haven't turned the ball over. You know, maybe they missed that field goal, but this defense has played really well and they haven't given the ball up. No joke, Cole. Right after I thought that, the fumble happened. Then the interception, then another fumble. So, getting to a point where, you know, the turnovers are kind of creeping up on both quarterbacks, no matter who you play. But I do agree with you that you won three games with the guy. You didn't win any games with Sims. So, but I do think that that the leash might be short on Harburg. And if that Harburg plays a really, really bad game or a really bad half even, um, you could see Sims heading back into the game. All righty, man. Having having him available, if he's healthy, having him available gives you a chance to to remind him, hey, it's not automatic that you get every snap. Absolutely. So it's not a bad thing to have Sims available, but I don't think you play him unless Harburg really, really deserves to be benched. All right, Coach. Thanks for calling in. 
We're gonna miss you today. Uh, we're gonna miss you today on the show, but uh, we're gonna have a cover. We're gonna have uh, Chase Madison come in. Ten Eleven uh, Weekend Sports Anchor. He was in Champagne. We're gonna get his thoughts, and we'll talk a little bit of volleyball after that with a very good friend of of mine, Jeff Ekstrom. So we will leave you there. We'll be right back here on the Oscar Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping it rolling here on 1499.3 with the Husker Hour. We're going to have a former boss of mine on the on the show right now. He was actually in Champaign last night. The weekend sports anchor of Ten Eleven News, Mister Chase Madison. Chase, how you doing, my man? I would say more like you know partner than than boss at Ten Eleven, but uh, I'm doing well. You know, uh, late night last night, a long game, a but, long game. Uh, Nebraska comes away with a win and just a grueling Big West, Big Ten West. Football game. So, Chase, for those who don't know a, a lot about you, you do come from uh, SEC country. Uh, you went to Missouri, I believe. Are you on? You're on the way right now to Mizzou currently, right? Is that true? Uh, yes, I am. I'm indeed from the road. I'm about an hour out. Uh, I will be in attendance for Mizzou LSU today. So, gotcha. a different type of football, but okay. So, uh, so that's what that's what I was yeah. going to get at. You're an SEC guy. You covered a lot of SEC football. While you're at Mizzou, how how was yesterday for you? Because that was the definition of the Big Ten West. How, how was that game compared to the ones that you've seen in the past? Well, you know, well, it wasn't you know a high scoring or entertaining offense. Yeah, you know, it, while it wasn't, yeah, it, while it was more smash mouth football. What I will say is that you know you saw a lot of passion, and it's still a a, a beautiful game amongst the mistakes and turnovers. So I don't know. I, it's a different type of football, but it's still it was still competitive and exciting to watch and cover. What was your uh, What was your biggest takeaway from that game yesterday? Well, you know, I, I don't want to just say the defense, uh, but the way that the defense kind of picked up the offense when the offense fell, I think. And I said this last night in some of our post-game coverage. This was a big – because, you know, the question lies, like, from a fan's perspective, you're looking at this, like – and my, uh, my, my boss, sports director Kevin Suits, was kind of saying, like, you know, if, if this wasn't Illinois, you know, if they have three turnovers in the fourth quarter, a better Big Ten team like a Maryland or even maybe a, a Wisconsin wins the game in the fourth quarter. Sure. You know, it helped that Illinois is not playing the greatest football. But what I, what I, my takeaway from this game was this was a bigger win for the Matt Rule era. I know that it, it was Illinois and they didn't play great and other teams maybe have beaten Nebraska in this situation. But just to get the win is, it was, you know, it did a lot for this team from a psyche standpoint and just from a motivation standpoint. I think that's what my biggest takeaway was, was, how the team kind of congealed through the offensive mistakes and the defense really shined down the stretch. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that uh, early, I, you were, I think you were at the press conference earlier in the week when 
rule was like this team needs to know that they're a defensive team, and that's how defensive teams win, frankly, right? Smash mouth football, take advantage of the mistakes that they create from the other team. I got a question for you now. Are they going bowling? Is this a, is this a, now, you know, what you saw yesterday, is this indicative of team that could end up in some postseason play for you? Well, if that was a bowl game, it would have been an ugly bowl game. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know how much money I would have wanted to spend to go to Tampa, Florida for that. Or oh, they're not whatever. going to Tampa. If anything, it'll be the Pinstripe Bowl, or I, I don't sure, know, maybe sure. the Duke's it's Mayo like, Bowl. Or, there's no, there's yeah. no Florida. There's no, no, no Florida bowl game here. It's, it's, it's cold. It's East Coast Midwest bowl game is what we're talking about. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, you know. I think I think it's definitely a possibility, and I think okay. the win last night sets them up for success. In that, you know, you hate to hang around mediocrity, but I could very see them finishing the season similar to the way the first six games went at three and three, which would be a bowl game. So I can see it, and I think last night's win did a lot to get on track to make that happen. How was how the tension in that stadium amongst the Nebraska fans and amongst where, where you were at? Was there a lot of nervousness even when the team had a 20, 27 to, or 20 to 7 uh, a lead in that fourth quarter? It, it seemed like, at least uh, you know, from back here in Lincoln, it was still a lot of nervousness even when the, the game seemed very much in hand. Yeah, well, and I think it was Nervousness from Nebraska fans, because they took up about three sections, and there was a decent sea of red that stayed the whole game. I think, you know, the energy from them wasn't really the same model as the energy on the sidelines. I feel like it was a lot of, uh, you know, Jalen Hands, Moses Brown, UCLA, that clip where he uh, puts his chin up, right? That, mm-hmm. that basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. little clip. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a deep cut, but I think that's kind of what the vibe was on the sideline. There definitely was some tension. Matt Rule was very hot-headed until after the game. It, 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 you know, he was um, kind of ripping into everybody. Uh, but the defense really kind of stole the show on the sideline. Brent Taggy, I believe that's his name. Yeah. Uh, he played more than he usually does last night, and he you know, uh, some explicit language, but he was firing guys up on the sidelines. It was really a, you know, the defense kind of keeping the chin up when Anthony Grant fumbles. There was a lot of injuries. So I think there was uh, a level of concern in that fourth quarter, but it was really a, you know, keep your head up mentality on the sidelines. How, you know, Matt Rule all all off season and, and now even into the season has said, this team needs to learn how to win, and that's my job. My job as the coach is to teach this team how to win. What do you think a win like this, them going on the road, taking on a Big Ten team in an ugly, ugly game, but eventually pulling out a victory, a victory that, frankly, last season, and I know that rule doesn't like to talk about last season, but last season they, they probably don't end up winning that game with those three turnovers in the fourth quarter. What do you think a win like this is going to do for them in the next couple of weeks, especially with this uh, you know much-needed bye week coming up? Well, and going back, I think it's going to do a lot. I think going back to what I was saying just a few minutes ago, like, you know, from the fans' point of view, it's like, why is the team really hyping the locker room and team, guys are almost in tears walking off the field and it's, you know, jumping for joy 
while they're three and three and they almost threw the, they were trying to throw the game away in the fourth quarter. I think the reason is is because it's Matt Rule's first Big Ten conference win. It's a win on the road, and it gets you back to three and three ahead of the last stretch of the season. Like the opponent tonight didn't matter in my or last night, excuse me. Uh, the opponent, like, it didn't matter. The, the win matters more than the opponent, right? Because, like, if you're looking like quality wins, right, this is not an Illinois team that's a quality win, right? And, like, if they had, beat, they had beaten Minnesota, that probably would have been a little bit of a better win. But uh, I think it, it didn't matter that it was Illinois and they tried to throw the game away. It was more that this, this is going to raise the confidence level amongst the entire team. Okay, so my big question for you, and one that uh, we're going to talk about later in the show, where is your biggest concern on the offense? Is it at running back or is it at quarterback? Well, the tough thing about running back is, is you know, you can't teach. You can try to teach how to hold on to the football, but, like, it's tough because they have to play the guys that are out there. Joshua Fleek's only got – well, like a few, few snaps, not even. So I don't know exactly what why his role is limited uh, because if Anthony Grant, he went to the tent, came back, he fumbled, and then Emma Johnson fumbled. Um, I would say there's more of a concern at running back simply because of the, uh, the style of offense that Nebraska is trying to run, right? Because, like, you're trying to run smash mouth of old-school Nebraska football with a mixture of the pass game in there, sure. the medium to the med- the short to medium pass game with a few deep shots, not a ton. So I would say there's more of a concern in running back if they can't hold on to the football. You know that's a serious problem. The quarterback situation, Harbor has has like and I said last night he was a tail of two halves. He played a pretty good first half, not a great second half, but he played the entire game as a good leader. So that. So I think, you know, you have him, and then you have Jeff Sims, once healthy, I think definitely could deserve another chance if Harburg, you know, you were saying this before I came on, I think he's on a shorter leash, and I, I agree with that. So I would say there's more concern at running back for sure. Bye week coming up here, and then I believe uh, it is Purdue up next, and then followed up by uh, North, or is it Northwestern, and then it's Purdue? It's Northwestern. Northwestern, yeah, Northwestern. Then it's the the hundred year anniversary. Then it's Purdue. So, I got you know last question here for you, um, Chase. Before I let you go, would you be shocked if that when they do play Northwestern at home in the one hundred year anniversary, would you be shocked if Jeff Sims is the starting quarterback? Because I don't think I would. I don't think I would. But I want to. I want to. Would would how shocked would you be if if it's Sims strutting out there? At Memorial, I would be shocked. Okay, I, I think I would. I think you know, the capacity of when we see Sim is going to be more. It, Harbor has a bad half, or Nebraska is actually just playing really well against Northwestern, and they're up two scores or three scores. Harbor takes a run, and you know he actually he didn't speak to the media after the game last night. But I will say he's got a whole week to recover. He was a little bit limpish coming off the field. Nothing okay. serious. Okay. Okay. That's big. That's big. He definitely wasn't walking 100%. I think 
he runs so hard that he gets beaten up. You know, I, I think he starts against Northwestern, uh, but that, that would it would surprise me. I wouldn't be like completely shocked, but I'd be surprised. And then the other thing I'll say is that just given his style of play, I think there's a chance that Sims comes in because either Harbor gets roughed up or Harbor's not playing well. I don't think Sims is the game time starter in any scenario soon. All righty, Chase. This was phenomenal, as always. Always great talking to you. Always great talking to you at the press conferences and uh, and seeing everything that you know. You know, I, I love having you on too, just because you bring such a different perspective coming from that fast uh, that fast SEC football. Now you get a little. You got baptized last night in what the Big Ten West is all about. So I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, I had to endure it. It was something, but it, you know, it's it's. I'm here for it. Well, at least you got paid for it. So. <laughs> Sure. Some some people some people didn't have that luxury. But alrighty, Chase, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Coming up next, Nebraska football, not the only Husker team that won last night. Nebraska volleyball picked up a massive victory against Michigan State. They'll stay in Michigan tonight to take on the Wolverines. We're gonna have Jeff Ekstrom from Rivals talk to us all about that. Coming up next here on the Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. As I mentioned earlier, Nebraska football, not the only team, not the only Husker athletics team to pick up a big win yesterday. Nebraska volleyball continuing their dominant undefeated season and to talk all about it. Technically another former boss of mine. Technically the first boss I ever had at Ed KRNU, Mr. Jeff Ekstrom from Rivals. How you doing, man? Doing good, Matt. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, of course. Of course. Jeff, you were my uh my KRNU sports director. What, you were you a, were you a senior when I was a freshman or were you a junior when I was a freshman? Um, no, I think I was a junior. Okay. And the one thing that always remember is that you got the most games as the color analyst that uh every <laughs> that no one else has equipped that number. No, no, no one no one else has had eight color analyst games for Husker basketball. Uh, uh I will wear that with very proud proudly on my shoulder. Could use none of that tape, by the way, when I applied for jobs, but it's not not that big of a deal. I appreciate you trusting me, but uh, Jeff, you're now right. You're now the uh, we, we, beat writer. Is beat writer a nice way of putting it uh, for uh, Husker volleyball? Mm-hmm. Beat writer for yep, Husker volleyball. Basketball, volleyball, baseball, and then I dabble in, of course, the football beat and wrestling, women's basketball. So I'm all, I'm all over the place. Well, I, I think that you were pretty grateful yesterday that you got to watch the volleyball game and report on the volleyball game as opposed to uh, the. The Big Ten West football that that a lot of people had to endure yesterday. But give us a quick recap. What did you see last night from uh, Nebraska volleyball against Michigan State on the road? Yeah, it was really tale of two stories. The first two sets were quite ugly for Nebraska. They looked dead in the water to open the game. Everything was off. The passing um, was off from the start of the game. And Michigan State really had the lead for most of that first set. And the Spartans were up 20 to 15, uh, but then Nebraska really figured it out, especially Harper Murray and Merritt Beeson on the attack. And Nebraska wound up coming back from that deficit to win 25-23. But that didn't continue into the second set, where that was probably by far the worst set 
outplayed the season by Nebraska. They lost 25 to 16. They hit negative 103 with nine errors compared to only Jeez. six kills. So it was very ugly. And Cook said in his postgame, yeah, he's never seen this team play that bad this year. Um, and he had quite a message for him. He didn't quite, he didn't go into it in his postgame uh, interview, but he had a strong message for him. And Nebraska came out and just dominated the next two sets, winning 25-15, 25-11. So they really put a stamp on the Spartans and shut down any sort of um, upset momentum that the Spartans had built. So uh, it was intriguing for them to come out of the locker room and make adjustments and just just stamp down on the Spartans. But it was also kind of troubling to see them struggle at the beginning on the road once again. Jeff Ekstrom, writer for uh, Nebraska Rivals. Jeff, last four games, and we're, I guess this upcoming game tonight against Michigan at 7.30, but you know, including that one, these last four games are going to be on the road, both back-to-backs, also you know, in the Big Ten, a very tough conference to play. How important do you think that these four games, in the manner which, which they're played at, on the road, back-to-back, how important do you think these are in kind of toughening up this team for the future? I think it's going to be instrumental. I think uh, if this team winds up in the Final Four in Tampa in December, I think you're going to look at this weekend and have it be a turning point. Um, and I, maybe it's just because of this team being 14 to know. I feel like maybe we're just a little overcritical, uh, but they're sure. finding ways. They're finding ways to win on the road, and I think that's important. Um, again, with the way this team is shaping up, they maybe won't have to play as many games on the road, especially in the postseason. But winning at Purdue in five sets, beating an Indiana team the very next night who has who's one of the best serving teams in the country. That matters. Winning those games matter in the fashion uh, that they did win them. Um, and that's going to matter when they go to Wisconsin, when they go to Penn State in a couple weeks. So I think it's instrumental, and I think this set of games could be a turning point in the season that I think the Huskers have high aspirations for. Okay, so you kind of you kind of brought them up, and every time that uh, we, you know I talk about Nebraska volleyball, you you do have to bring up the Big Bad Wolf in Wisconsin. Have you watched any of their games uh, this year? Have you caught any? Yeah, I've watched the, I've watched a little bit of them, um, and of course they're good. They're loaded at hitter, but the one area that I think Nebraska can exploit, and then why I think this team probably has the best chance they've had in the past few years, is that. Wisconsin's tall. They have a tremendous block, but they're a little slow. And mm-hmm. Nebraska, of course, uber athletic, super fast. They, they're fa- or, Let me rephrase that. They're fast when they want to, uh, but they're super athletic, and I think that's where they can poke holes in a Wisconsin team who is really dominant at the net, but they're a little slow. So, And I think this season has shown that it's building up to the two Nebraska-Wisconsin matches during the regular season. So that's where I stand on things with the Badgers. It's going to be quite something when they come to town here in a couple of weeks. I mean, that game, I mean, they could probably put that game in Pinnacle Bank Arena and, and it would sell out in an all-honest game. I mean, that's going to be a massive matchup. But I think it's a it's a very big advantage uh, that they do have that game at home as opposed to on the road. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, that's important, especially in the first matchup. I feel like maybe that's important to have. Yeah. Now I got a, one quick question for you. 
And I, you know, I, I asked Lincoln Arneal on here when he came on here, and, I, and I'm just curious to get your uh, opinion on it too. This freshman class, incredibly talented, you know, the the top in the country when they came in, and and I think that some people might be a little bit surprised about their massive impact that they've had this quickly on this team. Is there one freshman in particular that you are maybe surprised by or not surprised by uh, that they've they've just come out and had such a great season thus far? Yeah, I think when you, I mean, Andy Jackson was really staying out at the beginning of the season. Teams are starting to figure her out. Um, and Bergen Riley really had her first freshman game last night, sure. uh, the way she struggled during portions. Um, but I think the way, I mean, Harper Murray was number one, so she's kind of expected that. But I like Bergen Riley coming in and just automatically improving the setting. You got to remember, last season was the worst setting numbers in the Cook era. Wow. So Bergen to come in as a freshman and have averages that are in the echelon of elite setters is tremendous. Um, and obviously last night everyone struggled. And But when we're saying that 14 games in and last night was the first real game that a true freshman has struggled, that's saying something. So I think for her to come in and average, what, 10.49 assists a set, which is elite numbers, uh, I think that's tremendous, and Nebraska set themselves up, set themselves up for quite a future uh, with Bergen Riley. The way, if she can keep playing the way she's been playing. Jeff Ekstrom, Nebraska rivals volleyball beat writer. Jeff, I'm going to give you one little, quick little question before I let you go. Here, they play Michigan tonight, seven thirty. Um, what is what do they have to do tonight in order to to pick up their second weekend in a row of getting two back to back wins uh, in the Big Ten? Just play their game. Serve and pass like you're the number two team in the country. They didn't play like that last night against Michigan State for the first two sets. But if they can continue to play in those last two sets against Michigan State into Michigan, who is 2-11 and and just really struggling to find the footing under Aaron Virtue in her first season, um, they should be able to take care of the Wolverines tonight on the road. Jeff, you're the best. Thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Thanks, my man. Appreciate it. Always enjoy being on. You're the best. All righty. That was Jeff Ekstrom, Nebraska Rivals volleyball beat writer, giving us the great stuff. As always, coming up next here on the Oscar Hour, we're going to talk a little bit more volleyball. We'll talk a little bit more football, and then we'll recap the rest of the weekend here for Husker Sports. We're coming back here on Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping it moving here on uh, 1499.3 KLIN. I'm Matt McMaster. No Cole Stukenholtz today in the studio. Coach Stukenholtz trying to get off the hot seat, pick up his second victory uh, at his uh, little kid soccer game, but you know, big weekend, big weekend, big day yesterday for Nebraska athletics. We're gonna well, let, let's go to to volleyball real quick. Volleyball team, big three one victory over Michigan State. We had Jeff Ekstrom on here just a little bit ago. Uh, you know, rebounded from a a terrible second set where they lost twenty five to sixteen. Probably uh, the worst they've looked all year. They bounced back, dominating Michigan State in the last two sets to pick up another road win. Uh, on the Big Ten. Uh, In Nebraska Volleyball, the number two team in the country, now now 14-0, looking incredible. And and, and 
Jeff and I talked about a little bit just how important these road tests are going to be for them, not only just right now, but in the future. And maybe it's even more advantageous to them that they're experiencing them early in the season as opposed to having all their home games now and then having to go on the road against some tougher opponents and back-to-back situations. But here's the fact. There's one, there's one clear-cut fact, and it's a harsh reality. But it's a reality that every Nebraska volleyball fan and, and, and even player and coach has to deal with. And it's the fact that 14-0 and is great. 14-0 and is incredible. You cannot ask. You literally can't ask for a better season, better start to the season than they've had. And it's not only that they've been 14-0, and but they've been 14-0 and with very few flaws. 14-0 and with very few times where they've looked vulnerable. 14-0 and with, with very few times where you thought, well, this team could, uh, you know, they might be frauds. They might not be what they're, they're uh, advertised to be. That's not the case at all. They're 14 and 0 and they're good. They're a good 14 and 0. They're not a Mac, you know, or a a South, you know, a a a, a Mountain West Conference 14 and 0. No, they're a they're a bad a a, a tough non-conference schedule and great Big 10 conference 14 and 0. But the harsh reality is this. None of it matters if you can't beat Wisconsin. It doesn't. And I, and I think that even, and maybe that's a little disrespectful and harsh to say, but I think John Cook would agree with you. Because John Cook is one of the greatest, maybe even the greatest volleyball coach of all time. And I'm sure if you ask him, hey, would you like another Final Four appearance, he would say, yeah, that'd be nice. But Cook isn't coaching this team, and Nebraska isn't playing for fourth place. They're not playing for third place. They're not playing for second. They're not playing for, for anything. Other than first. And in order for them to be first in the Big Ten, and frankly, in order for them to be first in the country, they have to do something they haven't done in nearly six years. And that's defeat the Wisconsin Badgers. They're going to have that opportunity August or uh, October 21st in just a couple of weeks. Uh, Wisconsin will be here. It'll be a massive game, probably the bi- by far the biggest game of the season, maybe even the biggest game in the last five years, not including NCAA tournament finals, Final Fours, or whatever. Probably the biggest regular season game they've had in a while because, frankly, if there's a team in the last couple of years that seems poised to finally get over the Wisconsin hump, it's this one. It's a team full of young energy and talent that, frankly, has been dominant. Dominant this entire year with very few slippages. So, Nebraska Volleyball doing everything they can. They've accomplished exactly what you wanted them to accomplish going into the year up to this point. But they have to beat the Badgers, and frankly, if they don't, it's all for naught. You know, you, you, you can't go, you can go 1-1 one and one in Big Ten, that's fine. But you got to beat them once. You go 0-2, even if they're their only two losses heading into the NCAA tournament, it's still a little demoralizing knowing that this team, with how talented it is, still can't do what the teams before them couldn't. And that's defeat the Badgers. All right, moving on to Husker football. Don't apologize for wins. Don't talk about how ugly it was. Don't talk about how long it took. Don't talk about how atrocious that seemed, especially in that in that fourth quarter where it seemed like they were just trying to give the ball away, where they're trying to give the game away. Don't talk about it. Wins a win. Frankly, a win's a win because they haven't had many in the last couple of years. First Big Ten win. 
for head coach Matt Rule. First, big win for head coach Matt Rule, in all honesty. I mean, who's to say what the program feels and looks like if they somehow lost that game yesterday, especially in the circumstances that they were, being up 17-0, to having all that momentum in which they had. They say, no, no, no. They close the door on the Demons and say, we are going to win this game because we are the better team, and they were the better team. For three quarters, they were the better team. For four quarters, in fact, they were the better team off the back of that defense. And it's a burden. It's a big burden in any level of football. College, professional, D1, D2, D3, Power 5, non-Power 5, high school, even peewee football. It's a big burden to put on one side of the ball and say, hey, if we are going to win games, you have to be at your very best all the time because the other side of the ball will not be there for you. The other unit on your team just cannot perform at the same level to the point where you have to go overtime and you have to push it to the limit in order for the team just to have an opportunity to win. It's a big burden to put on Nebraska's defense. But if yesterday's win did anything for that team, it's, it, it's, or that defense in particular, it would show them, them, them that, hey, there's a formula here. There's a formula. Did it look? Did it look pretty? No. But they, the standings do not ask how. The standings ask how many. How many wins do you have at the end of the year? When you're going to a bowl game, they don't analyze your six wins and say, well, you know, this is that. You know what? You got six wins. It was kind of a tough schedule. You looked ugly. You're not going to go to the bowl game. No, 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 no. You get six, you get in. They don't ask how. They ask how many. And yesterday proved to this defense and to the entirety of Nebraska football as a whole that there is a formula to win Big Ten games with the schedule that they have. Play your butt off. Give your offense opportunities to score in short field and just cross your fingers. And just continue to do what they do. Now you hope that uh, they, they recover from, from some of the injuries that they suffered over the last couple of days. Cam Lenhart uh, you know, played yesterday, but still definitely nursing an ankle injury. It's great to see Princewell, Umana Milan look incredible on the field. Luke Reimer, undisclosed injury. Hopefully you get him back. Uh, Deshaun Singleton, you're, you're kind of crossing your fingers that it isn't a season-ending injury. Marquise Buford still out, hoping that he can come back. But this... Defense is deep. This defense has a lot of depth. This defense has a lot of players who can go out and perform and who, frankly, can win you football games. They can do that. I know they can do that because they did it last night. And you're getting to the point now where, if I were Matt Rule, you're kind of a little nervous because the orchestrator of it all, and Matt Rule is a defensive coach and he has a hand in a lot of these things, He's more of a CEO, but he definitely touches the defensive side of the football more so than the offensive side. But you're, you're a little nervous to think that the orchestrator of this all, Tony White, may not be with you next year. Because the way that he has coached these guys up and the attitude that this defense has, this defense loves to play. This defense loves to be out there. And this defense loves to give their team the best opportunities to win football games. And that's exactly what they did last night, and they won. And once again, no apologies, don't care it was ugly, don't care at times that it looked atrocious. A win's a win, a win. And that's exactly, that's exactly what they got. And not only did they get a win, but they've reinvigorated hope 
into this team. To the point now where we were talking about 45-7 to loss, season seems pretty over too. In just one instance, in just 60 minutes of play, we're talking about, hey, this team really should go to a bowl game. Kind of crazy how easy, easily that can flip. Matt McMaster on the Husker Hour. We're going to be talking what is next coming up for Nebraska Athletics over the weekend. A lot of things going on. We'll preview uh, next weekend as well. A Huskerless weekend it will be next week as they will be on the bye. But a lot of recruiting news sure to come out over the next couple of days. But uh, we'll keep rolling here. Don't go anywhere here on 1499.3. You're listening to the Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Keep it rolling here on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to the Husker Hour. I'm Matt McMaster. Only got a couple minutes left uh, to detail what's going on for the rest of the week in uh, Nebraska athletics, but a, a lot, a lot on the plate. Today, softball. Beginning uh, there, they they had a couple uh, intra-squad scrimmages earlier in the year amongst themselves at, at Boland Stadium. Uh, it was free of admission. They got pretty good attendance. I mean, softball literally having to add in bleachers and, and extra seating because of the Jordy Ball effect and, and a lot of high expectations uh, for that program. And so they had their first uh, fall opponent today. They play Kansas City uh, baseball. Playing uh, uh, Cloud County Community College, uh, 12-inning game Saturday, so that'll be uh, at 1 p.m. today, so that'll be good for them. That's actually at Hawk Stadium. Uh, Nebraska soccer, they've had a great season so far. They've picked up a couple Big Ten wins. They continue uh, their road to uh, the, the Big Ten tournament coming up, looking to, to jockey for good seating there. They'll play Iowa today at Barbara Hibner Stadium. Uh, that game will be at 1.05 p.m. Uh, once again, Nebraska softball later today. They'll play um, South Dakota State. And then tonight, the big game. Hey, Kenny, are we is uh, Nebraska versus Michigan volleyball? What is that on? Is that on B107.3? It's on B107.3 tonight at 7.30 p.m. So you can catch that there. And then uh, softball once again tomorrow will play at 2 p.m. And then uh, that's kind of it for the weekend. It will be... It will be a Nebraska football bye week uh, next weekend, so unfortunately no Saturday football, but it will be a big week of recruiting. We still do not know uh, what the schedule is going to look like for head coach Matt Rule. Uh, There was a couple questions at his last media availability as to what the schedule will look like, what his road trips will look like, what what he will be doing individually. He commented that uh, he'd rather not say at the time. So we'll see if there's any uh, immediate availability uh, for rule in this upcoming week. Just to kind of detail uh, uh, what that is going to look like. So no Nebraska uh, football, but going to get a lot of recruiting news here uh, over the next couple of days. And we'll be we'll be happy to uh, comment on that when that occurs in, in the next episode of uh, Husker Hour. Couple of trying to think of anything uh, else to touch on. Nebraska basketballs doing their official practices. Their opening night against Doan is in a couple of weeks. We will begin, so uh, not next week, but the week after that. So that will be Wisconsin weekend. Actually, Nebraska volleyball versus Wisconsin. Uh, we will start detailing uh, Nebraska basketball, giving you some previews, bringing on some some guests that we've had on the past. So 
believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we're not too far away from basketball season here in Nebraska, a team that frankly has a ton of expectations, uh, expectations that they nearly didn't have on in the past. But, okay, Husker Hour, bye week for football. A lot of news coming up over the next couple days. I'm Matt McMaster, and uh, have a great day.